Right, let's rock, let's rock. Picked a good day to record. <laughs> I'm starting to laugh already. Picked I'm, a good I'm day to record. Melting. <laughs> On the hottest day of the year. That's what I mean. Pillows We've up against to... stuff to like drown the, the, the outside sounds and I'm melting. <laughs> right, let's I bet go. you're recording. I am. Yes. Oh. Hello and welcome to It's In The Jeans podcast, the podcast by The Digital Gene. My name is Declan. And I'm Sharon. And we're a mum and son duo and directors from The Digital Gene. Today we'll be discussing how bloody hot it is, <laughs> an online sales ta- at tax, tech bosses being grilled by Congress, and then what have you put that you want it? Why are marketing jobs always the first to go? Mm. So depending on how long we wrap it on, is how long we're gonna yeah we'll just get pass down that list for yeah. last time because oh. I want to apologize again for not being prepared what like I, you as you know I always have lots to talk about but last minute oh, yeah. because of work schedule I've just really just stuck those things in the show notes and that's so not like me so you don't need to tell no. me off I'm telling myself off but I've still got a lot to talk about as always how about you how am I Mm. Apart from being hot. Well, yeah, we're recording what last day of July, which I can't believe. Um, and it's the hottest day of the year so far. And it's um, wouldn't be British if we didn't moan about it, would it? It wouldn't. I just just when you said about how hot it is and we're melting, I thought, there we go again, don't we? We whinge when it's raining. We whinge when mm-hmm. it's hot. And I'm sat here looking out of the window. Your dad in the garden. Sunning himself. Well, I've closed all blinds. I've closed all blinds because my flat in Leeds just gets horrendously. You know what it's like when you've been stayed here in the summer before. It is very warm. But um, let's let's be positive. Yeah. So I have put. Let's talk. I mean, we're still very much in the middle of a pandemic. Um, oh, aren't we though? The the last news night, today, well, yeah, last week. night with the they flung on us that parts of West Yorkshire, luckily not where I am, uh, parts of parts of West Yorkshire, Lancashire, and the whole of Greater Manchester are now got the the pedal on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Boris did a thingy this morning to say that everything that was going to open tomorrow will no longer be opening, which I think is a bit. Didn't, you, didn't like, you just get a voicemail about your brows? I did, I, yeah. And 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 I always think it's like I like I messaged my friends. I was like, oh, I can't. I was so close to getting my brows done, but I didn't. And I, but then I feel bad for whinging because then obviously yesterday it came out that England has us that had the highest excess death rates of any country in Europe this so far. And it's like it, you don't want to whinge, but then like. It was nice to have some sort of sense of normality. It's like I've seen some of my friends in Manchester say, "Oh well, at least July. At least we got July to kind of see each other a bit again." But that's what I was. I was listening to another podcast today, as I always do, and they were saying maybe what they should market it as is when they are letting us out a little bit more. Maybe they should be a little bit more realistic and say, "Enjoy it while you can." 
Yeah, I mean, I I tweeted something earlier today about we haven't got a vaccine. What is it that people don't get, don't understand? You know, there's there's lots, you know, we talk about whinging about the weather and obviously people whinging about, you know, the lockdown restrictions coming back to certain areas. But, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. There is no cure. There is no vaccine. Did people just think it had gone? Yeah, no. And I, I genuinely think, looking back on the last month or so, the biggest mistake... So today they've said that the the actual incidence of it is actually going up quite a lot. It's mm-hmm. going back up. In the last two weeks, it's gone from something like, was it 1 in 1,500 to... No, to 1 in 2,000. No, no was, was that 1 in 2,000? Now it's 1 in 1,500 people have got it. And it's just like, it is going back up. And I genuinely think they shouldn't have opened the bars. Apparently it's it's families as well. It's families that are spreading it, isn't it? Oh, I don't know how they know that, though. I don't know. Because they've, they've said that's why they've chosen this policy for Manchester. They've said, you can. so I was like, so I can still go and meet you at the pub, but I can't go and sit in the in your, in your private back garden. No, it doesn't say that. It does. You can't do any of that. You cannot do any no, of can. that if you live in those areas. You can't. No, you can, Mum. Mum, you no, can. you can't. I've I read it earlier. We're going to have a scrap now. I read it No, you, can... you can't do that if you live in those restricted areas. Can't do what? You can't do all the things that the rest of us are allowed to do. So the, No, so the Leicester, things... no, in Leicester, their pubs and stuff haven't opened, but they're all still staying open in Manchester. Manchester, that's it. They well, that's what, I, that's what I was saying. So, you're, so you, they've said that the data shows that it's people going to visit families, but how do they know it's not people going to pubs? Oh, I don't know. But you know what else has really, really got me this week? People whinging about the holidays. I oh, see, I'm on a different... I'm on a... Can I finish? I think, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am desperate for... <laughs> I am desperate for a holiday. So am I. So I want to tell you a little story, okay? Okay. Somebody somebody put it really, really succinctly on Facebook, which I'm not a fan of Facebook. I don't spend a great deal of time on there. But I hope I saved it because it it felt... um, Where's it gone? Maybe might have to come back to it. When I said, let me finish... Maybe I'll let you keep talking for a minute while I find it. <laughs> Go on, keep talking. No, well, I was just, I, my like my opinion of holidays is both the Spanish. So let's say Spain as an example this week that's brought in the quarantine again. When you come back, Spain have said they wanted to open, mm. so they've been comfortable enough to do it. Our government has also been comfortable enough to do it. So that so you're looking you're looking for your policymakers to say you can go on holiday. But what they should be saying, obviously, a lot more is book all you want. If you want to book, that's fine. But you run the risk of either it's like Jet Two. Now we're asking people to come home early, aren't they? Because mm. it's not feasible for them to fly empty planes from the UK to then pick them up. They also need to have people on them coming out to be profitable. So it's just a bit, but just know the risk. But by the looks of things, Europe is like, and it it goes to show there's nothing like we all thought the summer wouldn't be 
that bad. Yeah, the more serious but, time. But like I mean, it's boiling in Spain, it's boiling in France, it's boiling in Germany, and they're all yeah. all of their incidences are flying up. So. I mean, I, I felt as if you know, I'm desperate. I'm I'm going to talk now. I found this post. I'm really desperate for a holiday because. You know, and I, I'd like nothing better than to be laid around a pool sipping pina coladas. And, you know, your dad and I have been looking to go somewhere for a staycation. Um, but again, it's trying to find one that you, you know, because everybody is, is of the same opinion. But also the worry then is because of what's happened last night and today about the localised lockdowns again and that you wouldn't even be able to go on your staycation. So we, we're hanging back. We've got some holiday booked in as you know, for the 14th of September that week. So we're just, we're just hanging back for now and we may just end up going out for days or just enjoying, enjoying the garden. But what, what I wanted to say is that the reason why I'm thinking about people with the holidays to get over it is like there is so much more worse things to be considering at the minute. You know, I think, it, I think it's a bit selfish in one respect, thinking, oh, why can't I go on my, my, um, my trip abroad? Um. But also, I do understand the other side of it because I commented to somebody I was chatting to, a friend the other day, that I'm absolutely exhausted. And I I always think long and hard about saying this because ever since the start of the pandemic, you well, you know, you know, we're fortunate to have work that's kept us busy. But when I say we're fortunate, I mean that we've grafted really hard and it's because of our expertise and the way that we've communicated to to clients and potential clients that we've that we've been able to keep busy, that, that we have the expertise and the knowledge to be able to help people. But it's that feeling of always being on. Do, do you know what I mean? That I've never felt that I've, you know, we've got a nice house. We live, you know, local to lots of nice places that we can walk to. We've got a decent sized garden that we can spend time in. I'm grateful that we're all fit and well, like really really lucky in almost every single way that you could be at this point in time Uh but I feel like I'm always on yeah well it is and and we've always worked from home and I think as we we're getting busier we're going to run that risk to potentially always feel like that because there's no barrier between going out to work and then switching off so I think like whilst us two normally go oh we never want an office we don't know like I think as we will get busier and as we are continuing to grow I think potentially we'll both go yeah I would quite like even if it was like access a couple of days a week just so we could go and break it up we've said in the business plan you know of, of where we see the business going that we would like to create a hub so it's not necessarily the nine to five traditional office setup it's a hub where people can drop in and out of including us um and that's that's what we that's what we'd love and it it exists in lots of places and it exists where you are in leeds but it doesn't exist here in teesside um Mm -hmm. so we'd love to champion that i keep thinking i should speak to somebody about how we could champion that um because i think you know going for the freelance community that we're involved in i think it would make an amazing difference if you could drop in and arrange meetings and you know have scrums with people who work in sim- similar projects to yourself I mean we wanted to build a remote business model and aren't, aren't we again could we say we're lucky that we you know that we did this ahead of a global pandemic we didn't know that was coming but we always wanted to work remotely to keep lean um, to be able to grow the business and you know we use technology 
to allow us to do that. So I am I I love the fact that we do that, but I also like the human interaction and the fact that for me I only really switch off when I go on holiday and that's you know that's not always a given either because I love what I do I'm passionate about what I do and so switching off for me sometimes is just dreaming about where I see the business going and that's not a bad thing that does that mean that I'm always on for work from that perspective yes I am but that's part and parcel of who I am but just recently because of this being full on full on right through lockdown and everything that's been going on just that feeling of always being on is just a weird mm-hmm. one and it makes me feel exhausted. Ta-da! That's my little bit all the way. <laughs> I was like, God, that was some monologue. Because that. I'm seeing this because it's like, oh, it's a one-sided conversation now. I was just like, I was just looking at you. I was like, I've got nothing to say or do. But is going it, back to it, holidays. Is it a and son? Where, where's the son? Well, like, <laughs> going back to holidays, if you'd booked in, no, but if you'd booked in January, mm. And everything at the minute is telling you that you can go. You're kind of going to go or you're going to lose your money. I think I'd lose my money. Well, that's your choice, though. It is. It is, and I know it's a choice. I know it's a choice. And aren't you potentially privileged in that situation to be like, you know what, 500, 600 quid doesn't matter right now? It does matter massively, but I would need to take... No, but I'm asking, are you privileged in the sense that some people, that's a lot more money to others? Including yourself? No, I think it's a, definitely not a privilege. I think it's a real serious hard look I'd have to take about weighing up the pros and cons, but I wouldn't want to... I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine as, a, as an employer of furloughed staff and you've just brought your furloughed staff back to work mm-hmm. and some of them are now going on holiday and they're on holiday and they're in Spain and uh-huh. they're going to want to have to have another two weeks off. And fair well, enough, then you take that as annual leave, fair enough, but it's it's the gap in service that you, that your business is providing when you've only just got your furloughed staff. Yeah. To get it is hard. Time. It is hard, but I don't, think employ- I don't think employees should be forced to take annual leave either. Well, who who pays for it then? Well, it's just it's just unprecedented. I don't know what to say. But, I don't think they should be. Oh, you've been, you've gone on holiday. It's not as if they weren't allowed to go on holiday. They were allowed to go on holiday. Yeah, I get it, and it's not like, a time. I, not, I, you know, I was talking about it this morning to your dad. It's not a time to be political, and, and we've touched on this before. It's not. We can't. You can't say, "Oh, look what they're doing now. They're not getting this right." I agree. The government's messaging sometimes is a miss because Mm -hmm. sometimes a lot of it is as clear as mud isn't it but we also have to remember that we're all people and we're all in this together and and that word again unprecedented um it's really really hard for to make the right decisions because we just don't know where this is going to lead us but i do think we allowed people to go back out too quickly after being in for so long the uptake and the quickness of being allowed back out seemed to be just like that. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you clicking. Um, yeah. I do. I generally think it was a mistake that the bars opened. Restaurants yeah. may be fine, but bars, like I was in some the other day and they're not even asking you for contact tracing anymore. Like they're not even asking you to fill anything in. And it's just like, 
Yeah, so that's and then they've all got music. They've all got music on. I was in what I walked past one yesterday, and they were all up dancing, loads of them. And I just thought that is not what we're meant to be doing. Like, but then maybe they've got to shut down again, are they? Well, exactly, and that's what. Yeah, but then they'll go. Oh well, the government will pay for us when we shut down, like they shut when when they did before. So they're, they're reaping the benefits of being reopened, but then they're also not that bothered if if they have the force to close because they'll just be another furlough scheme, mm. whether or not there will be. But another bit of policy that came out today, sorry to get really into COVID loads. But I know, I do is... if we, you know, sometimes we we start off with the show notes for the for the episode and then... Well, it's what we've thing, been up to. One thing it's what we've been take over, doesn't it? Well, it's what we've been up to, and obviously a lot of the world and what everything it's that we do at the minute is affected by it. But exactly. can't wait for the day we, we're like, oh, what have you been? I was away at the weekend. I went to do this. I went to <laughs> see this. Like, <laughs> yeah, can't wait for that. But one thing that came out is you have to wear compulsory face mask wearing is going to be extended. Mm. Did you see this? No. So galleries, galleries, museums, places of worship, and cinemas. cinemas. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the need for a face mask, mm-hmm. but I like having a few goodies at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so and if I've got a mask on, try, I can't. Basically, well, yeah, but then also from a business perspective, a lot of cinemas make loads, most of their money on selling confectionery stuff. Mm. So they're not going to be able to. Honestly, it just feels like it's just mad. Just it's just all this different. I just think we've all just got to accept that this is pretty much life for the the next year, eighteen months potentially. Yeah, and I sometimes feel you know with some businesses, I sometimes feel they've taken their foot off the pedal a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know, sometimes now we're hearing from people and they're saying. Oh, we can't really make this decision now in this strange time. And I'm like, you've got to make the decision. You can't put the decision off because the online version of your business has got to be the best that it can be. Um, Because sometimes throughout these periods of lockdown, there will be no other way to do business. Uh You know, there's been lots of businesses pivoting, hasn't there? And it's been amazing to see how we've touched on this before, how people have, you know, rushed to online and thought you know what we can do that we should have done this before and I just think they need to keep doing more and and push the envelope as far as doing everything that you can online online is so much more than just a website we've been having some discussions lately with people and they say and you know I suggest them I said well you could collect that data online or you could you could integrate a piece of software to achieve that through your website and people are just really wowed and surprised by that awesome my website could do that for me as well yeah we get your your website is a tool at the end of the day we can get it to work hard for you and people just don't seem to realize that i know i'm for the i'm telling my mum i can see her and i'm telling her to wrap it up because i'm just like we've done this no we've done this every single episode though because i i talk about it week in week out with people that a website is so much more than a website oh i know i know you know i know you know i know that so one things we did say what we'd both been up to and I thought we'll get into it a little bit. So one of both of our favorite TV shows ever is Succession. 
Mm. And we've both been watching BBC's documentary, three part three parter on the Murdoch family and the rise the rise fall and rise again of Rupert Murdoch. And I honestly find it fascinating. Well I started watching it first, didn't I? And I messaged you and I said yeah. you've got to start this. And I was really annoyed actually that you know, one of those times where it hasn't gone on altogether when when you know, sometimes BBC do a bit of a Netflix, don't they, and put it on all together, but they didn't on this. So yeah. I've had to wait each week. I'm like, come on, come on, is it Tuesday yet? Or whatever night it was. Oh, and obviously our obsession with succession, it's just like, oh, that is totally what they've based it on. Oh, God, it's, it's so... I always thought it was... people. I thought it was obvious before. Like, I thought it was obvious. Yeah. But actually seeing this documentary now, and obviously we haven't had a season of Succession, and I don't think there's going to be another one for a while yet because of COVID. Mm. But um, it's just... That I, actually, I said an in, I saw an interview because it's just been the Emmys um, nominations this week, and obviously they were nominated for Lords right. um, again, as always. And they did an interview with one of the cast members, and he said they were meant to film in March... But obviously, that's when it all went. Yeah, because I so remember... They're, they're, looking, they're looking to film, hopefully, in January next year, but I, I don't I remember searching online and, and reading that potentially wasn't it going to be out at the end of this year. So I remember, Oh, yeah, it probably would yeah, have been. Yeah, I yeah. think about October time, something like that, and I'm yeah. getting excited, thinking, oh, I can wait till then. But now if they're actually not going to film till next year, it is just one of the best... Is it a drama? Is it a drama? Is that what you yeah. tap it as? Just one of yeah. the best programmes of all time. I know a few people have said, oh, I couldn't get into it. I'm going to try, try, because, oh, you do want to get past that sticky. I do think it's not everybody's cup of tea. Really? Because I think that one of the downfalls of it is that most people like in a TV show to root for somebody. Mm. And one, a couple of episodes, you might be rooting for a certain person. But exactly. then they're all... They're all dickheads, really. Then they're horrendous. Like, the next time after, yeah. you'd like, why, so, why did I think I liked you? I know. Um, so you can't really... I think a lot. one of the flaws of it is there's there's nobody really to... You no know, like, say, let's say the final season was who he actually does end up passing the business on to, and there's, mm. there's a winner. Mm. I'm not rooting for any of them to actually get... No. ...it passed down to them, because they'll just be as awful as, as the dad is in it. Mm. Yeah, but I think we like to think that we're the that we're the Murdochs sometimes, don't we? <laughs> we we're the Murdochs. No, just yeah, that's I'd what like we compare. If, we ever, them, if we ever have an argument an or whatever, we, whenever we have, argue, we're like, "Oh, that we're, we're, that was a bit succession-y, wasn't it?" I mean, obviously, you do. You're you're more obsessed than me between succession so and real funny. housewives. I can't believe how many times you've me- you've mentioned real housewives on our social media post this week, and I can't believe how many times I've um, mentioned Andy Cohen. Because you were just the you were just the new Andy Cohen sat there doing doing that interview. <laughs> and Sarah, oh, yeah. should we say that? Should we mention that? Actually, I will mention that. Yeah, so go on then. Go new, on. We've put a new we've launched a YouTube channel. Um, obviously, just find it the Digital Gene. Um, and I've launched a new series where I'm going to interview clients. It's actually pretty informal. It was quite chill. It was kind of like what their business journey is. Um, what um 
how it was working with us. Yeah, it's a bit like the YouTube it. version of this podcast. I'm interrupting you again. I'm sorry. I know. I was... Why do mums, mums are allowed to do that, Declan? No, no business calls you know, um, directors no, aren't, though. There is no line, is there, between being mum and being co-director? Yeah, but co-directors aren't allowed to interrupt. Um, but uh, you've put me I've off now. So, yeah, it was yeah. that informal chat. Um, it was all about working with us her future goals. So the first one was Sarah Heron, which is one of our clients from True Colours with Sarah Heron. A um, she's a colour consultant lady. If anyone yeah. wants I'd to never even heard of colour consultancy, but um I she, remember she's done asking her a little she's absolutely her business has been amazing throughout lockdown because of all the corporates who were on Zooms wanting to, you know, present themselves well. Um, she's she's done amazing and she she's just so so good at what she does and you know the way that she connects with people and the empathy that she has with people I just think it's it's a fab business I think she'll go far mm-hmm. so do I no it was a good interview and as I say there's more to come I've got the next one booked in um but I won't say who that's with oh just I don't yet. even know who that's with um so that's booked in oh um, exciting so yeah no check that out on our YouTube channel. I can't tell you. Oh, you can probably guess. I can't. I'm going to try and mouth it to you, but I'll whisper it. I know. No, I'll tell you after the podcast. No, I'll tell you after. Yeah. Oh, right. I did get well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's, um, are we done with what we've been up to? I think so. Yeah. Let's get into some digital techie news subjects, what's been going on in the last couple of weeks. So there's actually been quite a bit, and there was a, sometimes we struggle with finding articles, but throughout the last couple of weeks, there's, and especially this week, there's been a couple of things that I thought, oh, we can have dead good discussions about that. Dead so the first one, first one I want to talk about is, so there's been a lot of talk within politics about how COVID is going to be paid for. And the effect, and the, what the effects of COVID, and how they're going to be paid for. And one thing that's been preemptively spoken about is a digital sales tax. Mm. Which, when I first saw the headline, honestly, I'm surprised my eyes came back forward <laughs> because they rolled so far back into my head. It was untrue because I, I was reading a. Like. A proper article about, well, something like out of Game of Thrones, just like the whites <laughs> in the eyes. But um, all I all I thought was, right, so they're trying to get revenue from something. So they reckon that if they did a 2% on certain ones, they'd potentially get a revenue of $2 billion. Oh, wow. So, but it wouldn't, that's nothing. Honestly, that's nothing, mm. right? Mm. So they wouldn't, so it's not as if they've got enough to... Um, I was reading an article where they said, well, they might use it to pay for um, business rates. So businesses no longer have to pay business rates on the high street because they're getting that revenue from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I just think this is so, so short-sighted. Like, what is coming? It's not you, COVID though, is, No, I know, but COVID is... Online like, ta- a digital tax. No, I know, but COVID is obviously... Well, I know, but we're in a new government now with a new chancellor. Mm. So Yeah, but they um, carry stuff over, don't they? Not really. 
Don't they? No, they do. But like Boris is trying to really differentiate himself from past Tory governments. But does he know? Um, did he did he tell you that? Well, you can tell with what he's doing. Um, obviously, Rishi's trying to come across, and I do think Rishi's been quite a good chancellor so far. But I'm just like, no. COVID is accelerating what's happening on that, what has been happening on the high street for the past 10 years. And I just think it needs some really brilliant policymakers to look at what's going to happen in the next 20 to 30, 50 years. Mm. And I just think city centres are going to completely transform. Well, they're going to and they need to, don't they? Well, I think they're going to be more residential. It's going to be more you know, recreational things, reasons to leave the house. It's the same. And we've got, we, you know, we're not we're not going to go deep in this because we've, we've said it a million times about give me a reason to leave my house. My house, you know, this is my castle, basically. Mm. Give me a reason. It's where I feel safe. It's where I feel protected. It's where I want to be, especially with a deadly virus out there. Um, uh-huh. So give me a reason that's strong enough and compelling enough to make me want to leave it. And so the virus has basically escalated all of that because you've got to go back to that that idea that this only comes because we as a society, as a culture, across the globe, we, we have driven this. We have driven this. Mm. It's, like, it's like when people talk about, you know, the tabloids and, you know, how they're up in arms about something. Well, stop buying them. They, yeah. they were, that's only driven by the fact that people keep buying them. It was the same, wasn't it, with you know, with the magazines, the trashy weekly women's magazine. But even to talk about, I know we're going backwards a bit, but when we were talking about the Rupert Murdoch documentary mm. and how obviously the second episode is all about the phone hacking scandal and the news of the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, it's because people love gossip. Of course they do. So that's why, they, whilst it was illegal what they did, they only did it because there was a need for because... The only reason people buy paper, yeah. papers that, is because they want gossip. That voracious appetite that exists for people to, you know, want to know all of that. I mean, I loved a couple of years ago when many hairdressing salons stopped having the weeklies, you know, that were always talking about celebrities and why they were so fat and look at them and all of that. Many hairdressing sal- salons started to boycott those magazines, didn't they? And that was great. Yeah. But that that appetite only exists because we nurture it. So that's the same, really, with what's happening with our shopping habits and what we do. And obviously, this this virus has has sped that whole process up. So we're forced now to take action that probably would have took us even longer. And there's the old guard, isn't there, who don't want to change, but change is coming no matter what. That's part of what's be what what do you call it? The human race forever changing. Yeah. And I can kind of understand it because obviously the government taxes, they only really, they only, how do I word this? They only tax things that are really pretty much worthwhile taxing. Mm. So like when they put, when they say that fuel is like 70 odd percent tax, that's because most of us all need it. So they know they're going to get some revenue from it. Mm. So really I could say that they are, at, they, they could argue at the minute that online sales is this massive Billions, trillions is is made with tra- transactions each year, mm. and they're not and they're not getting their they're cut not of it. A slice of that pie, which is which you can, but 
I don't mind them doing it if they are just trying to get revenue again from something that's lucrative, but not at the expense of online where it's like, it feels like what they're trying to do is to force us all back to the high street. I can't do that. It's no, past, no. It to, I believe it's past that stage. And then potentially what could happen is the demise of the high street will continue and people will just spend less because they won't want to spend online either. So they they could break it all if they're not careful. Mm. Well, do you think... So would, let's just ask you then. So you've done a £100 ASOS um, order mm. and they stuck £2 on it. Would that stop you from buying it? I don't think it would stop me from buying it, but isn't isn't that what the VAT's for? No. So why add another tax? Why add another tax? That's oh, well, different. Oh, well, it's different, and I know that. But it's a bit like the sugar tax. Remember oh, the sugar oh, tax? No. Did that actually stop mm. people buying cans of Coke? No, but it did have a. It did. I'm quite. I'm quite liberal with this, and I always think that it's like some of this obesity stuff that's come out in the past week as well. I'm always a bit like. Whilst I think you should educate people as much as possible, it's up to them to decide what they want to do. So mm. I was I was a bit like that with sugar tax. I thought, oh, it's a bit authoritarian state trying to control us, blahzy blah. blah. Mm-hmm. But one thing it did force that it, it forced the manufacturers to make their drinks less sugary. Mm. So there are there there can be positives to tax, like tax can influence. I just want them to be so they're not doing it where it's like, you all need to go back to the high street. No, that's that's like, put a nail in that. Like, it's not going to happen. It's really not. And we've just, you look at who's growing up now. Let's wake up and let's have lots of exciting new policy and ideas come out of this. Because I do believe that there's some, you know, people come up with some amazing things. And I always love it when you see, you think, oh, crazy. I can't believe somebody's thought of that. Isn't it great? So simple, yet nobody's ever thought of it before. You know, Mm. it's one of those, it's one of those moments, isn't it? Where you think, oh, I wish I thought of that. Because it's just so simple and easy, but yet things have never existed before. So, yeah, I I guess people just fundamentally don't like change, do they? No, we don't. And actually... I'm a bit of a weirdo like that. I don't mind change. I've always embraced it. I actually don't mind it because I always feel like it's an opportunity. Yeah, but I've been reading that that book at the minute. But you like? Are you eating a screen? What I could? I can. Can you hear me? <laughs> what I could? You as well on the screen, and I'm a bit. Oh. I'm a bit peeved. Why? Because all I've got is a tea bag and some water. Oh. Right, let's not let's not digress. What was I saying? You've been reading that book, which is oh, subtle art of not giving a that oh, one. Okay, and you probably only embrace the change that you like. Is that right? So if I said to you tomorrow, "Here's something you've got to embrace, Sharon. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. You've got to get on the treadmill every morning. And you've got to stop eating chocolate. Do you <laughs> like change then?" <laughs> no, can I tell you something? Can I be really honest with you, though? What? If somebody forced that change on me, I, I would do it. I'll just ring Dad. Isn't that a bit weird? 
Isn't that um, a bit weird? If somebody forced that change, I would actually do it. Like maybe you've been lucky with how the world's changed because you you're you are of that you've got that ma- mindset or the changes that have happened so far have catered to what the way you are. You just like tech and stuff. But if let's say yeah, but also, can I just can I just jump in there? The world has changed unbelievably in my lifetime. You mm-hmm. you were born into a world. How can I? It, I can't really explain it as a as a world where change already existed because obviously it's changed for you. But I've got one foot. I've got one foot. I feel in the non tech world that preceded all of this, but I've also stepped into the tech world, which I absolutely love with a passion. I think it's amazing. So, I, and and your brother always says, oh. You you are you are a bit weird, Mom, because there's not many like you at your age. And then I always roll my eyes back into my head and like, how yeah. old do you think how old do you think I am, Patrick? You're making me feel really old now. But I, I realise that I am a bit strange, isn't the word, is it? I'm not of the norm of my age, no. should I say. I think I was born at the exact right time to remember both worlds in a weird way. You're just basically copying what I've said. No, but you no. No, but like I was, I grew up. I was growing up as it was changing. So, like, you have to remember, I remember bouncing around my bedroom with my Walkman CD and it used to do me heading because if it, if you bounced and jumped and danced, it used to skip. So it was like, Hmm. I've seen when we used to record, put videos in to record Blue Planet. Oh, I know. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now it's just like, now it's not really changed. It's not really advancing anymore. We're just kind of stuck in this kind of everyone streams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone streams. So it's like... You've got a mini computer in the pocket. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it is a bit weird because I'm like, could make this the retro episode because obviously I think about the times that I used to record the top 40 on my cassette for the week. Yeah. At, at something like I think it was seven o'clock on a Sunday night, some or it might be five and finished at seven, I can't remember. But it was like the UK top 40, the charts, and they all used to go on a cassette and then you'd play them wherever throughout the week. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just weird how that world doesn't exist anymore. How did we get on to this? I don't know. Oh, embracing change, embracing, embracing change. change, but no, well, that was us discussing the online sales tax, and we'll keep an eye on it and see if it actually happens. But to sum up on that, I just generally think there's better ways to do it. Mm. But it'll outlive any any parliament, if you get me. Mother. It'll outlive any parliament. Yeah. That's normally the that's normally the flaw. Oh, right. So you they're get, they're given five years to come up with something, right? But these mm. answers are like 10, 15, 20, and yeah, they need yeah. to be installed now and just move forward. But they're all, it's all just thinking about next election, mm. which sometimes holds us back. But you know, I find but, strange, yeah. I find strange that uh, although we don't talk, life is so political, like we're not talking about politics per se, but life is so political. I always find mm-hmm. that after these. Uh, after we've recorded these episodes, it's like I'm not. I'm not a big. Politi- You're not a political, are you? I'm not. No, I, I listen to it, and you know, I'm I'm interested in it, but 
obviously not at the level you are, but I find these conversations strange how they always veer towards the political because it seems that life is very political these days. Mm. I, do, I feel as if the government, there's never been more of a time than the government is... I don't want to use the phrase so close to us, but everything that we do at the minute feels like we're tapped into the government, the government's tapped into us more more so than ever. I don't know whether that's something to do with the virus. Well, it is. We've never had to... We've never... Imagine in World War Two how everyone was looking for leadership. Yeah, I don't want to say um, it's the same thing. Well, it's not the same, but no, you get I'm what I mean. Like everyone looked, with everyone was looking at the telly and the radio and everything for what leadership, and that's kind of what yeah, we're going in. Then. But then, obviously, before this, no we had obviously the well, yeah, but the quagmire of Netflix. Uh, Netflix, you're right. Put me off when you're talking like that. Yeah, but I've got the quag- to correct you. The, the quagmire of Brexit before, so it feels like politics has been very much for years, and now we've got this mm. and then you've got bloody donald trump on the telly all the time because it's well, like that's exactly it you know when you say that we're we're more sort of in sync with with the politicians than we've ever been it's because they're all on social media they're all on the tv every day they're they're, they're all in our living rooms and in our phones every minute of the day aren't they and i think that's it you've hit the nail on the head it's not that we're we're not in sync with them that's not the right phrase i don't really know the phrase that i'm looking for but a bit like that, always on. They're always there in the background, aren't they? Yeah. That's what I meant. So, next thing. So, we talked a little, we went a little bit into America there, but we're going to get right into some American stuff. So this week, the big tech giants were all testifying. In were they testify? I don't know if it's classed as testifying because I don't know if they're they're not up for like. It's not as if they're up for criminal trials. They're just like doing a hearing about. I think the hearing is about the lack of competition and the monopoly that they all own on us. Mm. So they had Mark Zuckerberg. Who else did they have? They had Tim Cook who's obviously Apple, um, they had head of Google, mm. and they also had, who else did they have? Um, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Jeff Bezos as well. Um, so it was all of their CEOs. All oh, right, that's, so that's what it was called. It was called antitrust hearings. Um, so I'm just going to run through what the Guardian kind of said was the the key. This was their summary of it. So... Lawmakers cited millions of pages of evidence from years of antitrust investigations into these companies. Throughout the hearing, they brought up information gleaned from internal documents and conversations with anonymous sources inside the tech companies themselves. Democratic lawmakers remained largely focused on antitrust issues, including how big their market share is, anti-competitive business practices, while Republicans often zeroed in on perceived biases against conservatives. Of course, they that was their main issue on big tech platforms. Mm. So Facebook faced their most intensive criticism over its acquisition of Instagram. Yeah. Apple faced their most intensive criticism over its app store and whether it blocks competitors from using it. 
Google faced its most intensive criticism over its advertising policies and its treatment of competitors. And finally, Amazon faced its most intensive criticism about how it treats third-party brands on its site and whether it collects information from them and uses it to develop in competing products, which we've discussed before. Oh, many it's fascinating, times. isn't it? So let's go with let's go with the alien that is Mark Zuckerberg first. So, um, well, as being sent down. Go on, sorry. I'm I swear he's been sent down from Mars to ruin the the planet Earth or something. Me, he's got no soul behind his eyes. I always laugh when he's testifying because I remember when we discussed when they he testified before, mm. um, and they were talking about how he was trying. He pretty much it was really awkward to watch because he pretty much had to explain to them how the internet worked do you remember mm-hmm. it was like yeah well and they, they were like well it's free isn't it he's like well yeah but we charge people to advertise all oh, right and he's like well that's how advertising <laughs> works and they like were like trying to explain it to your grandparents but even them i think would be better because yeah. sometimes the courts in america i mean we call people dinosaurs but they are dinosaurs mm. but it was just weird to get all these people in congress at, on the hill as they say um, at one time, all testifying, and I just find it fascinating. Go, Sharon, give me your input. So I um, follow a guy on Twitter called Rand Fishkin, um, mm-hmm. and he's actually uh, how, how I know him. He was actually the founder of Moz. You know, Moz. It's um, it, it's the SEO. Thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so he has put together a really concise bunch of stuff. He's he's calling it a discovery thread, and it's it's actually on LinkedIn as well. And it was so interesting about um, a series of text conversations that were um, going backwards and forwards when Facebook were trying to um, buy Instagram, basically and some of the conversations that, that were had. And he's also put together this thread, and it talks about Google's anti-competitive, and he calls potentially abusive activities. And I, I got involved in the thread just, just early on this morning. And it's just fascinating to read some of the conversations. I mean, he's obviously condensed some of those um, millions of pages that you're talking about. And mm-hmm. it's, like going, it's like going down a tech rabbit hole um the stuff that you can read and and find out and it's like we always knew this but we've been we've been driven again not just as a society you know the whole of of the human race has been driven towards using these products um by you know half a dozen men basically haven't they i mean i don't think it has necessarily to do with the gender Oh, I don't actually mean it's the gender. I'm not using. I'm not, oh, I thought you were like no. saying it's men. Individuals, oh. just just by right. you know half a dozen individuals out of the whole planet have got this control. Um, if anybody wants to read more in depth about it, you can follow um, Rand over on Twitter. It's fascinating. Uh, Rand, we'll put his um. We'll put his. We'll put his user it. in the show notes yeah. as well because uh, I had somebody as well because what what we find quite hard about going up against these companies, whether we like it or not, is, as an example, 
our business wouldn't exist without them. Exactly. Yeah. I know. People, millions of people have built a business on Facebook. Millions of people. So I was, I was following a guy who's a con- tech contributor, I think, for GQ, and he said that um, free services. So this is talking about Google. Free services like Search, Gmail, Maps, and Photos provides provide thousands of dollars a year in value to the average American. Well, he's talking about Americans, but for everybody, don't they? Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. you think about all that information that you've got there at your hands. That does have a monetary value, and that is worth a lot of money. Well, we talked about it. We said it was the new gold, didn't we, Data? Well, exactly. <laughs> but he, and he also said, in 2019, Google helped drive over 1.9 billion direct monthly connections, including calls, messages, directions, and bookings for more than 16 million US businesses. So it's really hard to go up against these people because we've all built livelihoods on them, which I suppose is ca- kind of the issue as well. It's like a but trap. I think, it's like a trap in a yeah. way, isn't it? You just think. Yeah. So how how we've we've been drawn into this trap of all you know? It's like the internet as a whole. It's like the internet. It's like phones. You know who who decided what what um what grand scheme grand plan did somebody have to to drive this it's it's fascinating isn't it absolutely Mm. it was just i I suppose it all just started with entrepreneurial need didn't it really entrepreneurial well entrepreneurs needing something like needing somebody obviously thought there must be a way where you can google it or you can I mean, what do would, whatever. We, what would we do now if we couldn't? You know, we've got an, uh, the world's the uh, the biggest encyclopedia at our fingertips, and we always said, "On we, if you want to find out something, somebody it will have already happened to somebody else." So you just Google it. There's all yeah. it's very yeah. rare that you can't find an answer there, isn't it? And you just yeah. think how, which is which is wonderful for us, but then it it allows a few people together to have such a big control you know through through discovery through shopping habits through data and i just think there should be so i think we can all accept we can all accept that we've all done well from these platforms Mm -hmm. we've all done we've all like we've all built businesses and livelihoods by using these platforms but then i also think on the other foot or shoe or whatever you say i also think that they should be held to accountable. So we should all know, and I do think they are getting better because they've had to, but they should all know, we should know where the, what, what they do with our data, really. And I mean really tell us what they do with our data because that's what's going to be like, we're all shocked out. So we always joke, and I know so many people do, that they're listening to us because you'll get an advert about something you've been talking about. Mm-hmm. But then what if there is this big new news flash one day and they all open up about it yeah Mm. but then what can we do so if google if facebook were found out to to be doing what we potentially think they are doing do you think every single person in the planet's going to stop using it no well that's what they said before you know it was what was the thing that happened with facebook a couple of years ago the uh cambridge we had cambridge analytica didn't they yeah. yeah, and we, you know, there was for about a day, people were saying, "Oh, I'm not using Facebook. You don't know what they're doing." 
And then next thing, everybody's sharing those stupid quizzes that we say to people, don't use them because when you go off, that's when they're collecting your data about you. Um, and then you don't know if you sound you start to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist as well. Yeah, you sound a bit preachy. Mm. it's just fascinating because obviously they've got such a monopoly over all of our lives. And, and I actually think that it's out of control for them. I actually think that, you know, how many people would they need to be able to, and and obviously it's machine driven and AI and all that sort of stuff that they talk about. And what does AI actually mean? Because sometimes I feel like people use the phrase AI and they're just tagging it onto something to make it sound like, Oh, this is a bit futuristic and clever. Um, mm. But how do how how can they manage it? Has it actually got too big, even for them? Do they actually even know what they've got? Well, Zuckerberg was saying things like, "I want to cure world hunger." He wants um, He wants <laughs> right just for the purpose of the listeners. My mum's just moved away from the computer for a second, and I think, I think. She's getting too hot, so she's no, opened the window. I had a, the window open a tiny bit for some air, but it was still making the blinds flap. So, oh, I was, I thought, oh, is she getting a bit sweaty? But what was I saying anyway? When I said about how things, oh, too- well, Zuckerberg has said he wants to. I'm going to cure. Work. Well, Bill Gates does it at Microsoft. He's always said stuff like this. Bill Gates is actually one of the people that's leading. Um, something for a vaccine for COVID. So it, it's just kind of like, but he wants to... Can I just dip in there? There was some, I don't know, and I don't know how true it is, but and I wish I'd saved it, and this is my thing that I do. I read something about all the money that all the billionaires on the planet have, Yeah, that they could potentially solve world hunger and all these things, and that's, mm-hmm. somebody, that was it. Somebody was trying to quantify what actually a billion looks like. Do you know what I mean? What does a a billion pounds actually look like? What can you can can you really do with it? Because we hear about millions as if that's nothing these days, don't we? But what, yeah. what really is a billion? And so there was this article that was saying, you know, the things that could be achieved, and there'd still be billions of pounds left over collectively for all these people. So hmm. why don't they do that? Like, how much money can you can one person or one family spend? without saying, well, let's do that. Let's just solve it all in one go. Why why, why don't they do that? Is that quite so? Well, I think... I don't know. Well, yeah. It, it, well, no, no, it's just... I could You could argue progressive, but it. I just... It's... Why... Why... Oh, I don't want to sound like I'm a big, crazy capitalist, but why? why should they? Well, surely when you get to that stage in your life where you've accumulated that amount of a massive wealth, it should be your, can you say, civic duty, should it? Should it? I mean, why? why well, it depends. Like, obviously, they've only... And then just sit on it and not do anything with well, it. I know. Well, they don't, though. They actually don't. Like, Bill Gates, obviously, is a billionaire. Mm. And he has been one of the most philanthropic people to ever walk on this planet. Mm. Like he he has, oh, I know. I've watched you know he's, he's driving for vaccines. He's mm-hmm. trying to solve world hunger, and I generally think that private individuals are a lot better at doing this than public. 
I, I just oh, do. I, I always have done. Because he's grown a business to that level. So obviously he can do something. So if he can, exactly. if he can, if he can take those qualities and that experience and, and do that, you know, philanthropically, then surely he's going to get a better result. Yeah, but I'd, obviously I do. I, I would I would love to see the redistribution of wealth, but I also don't want it to be at the expense where it feels like any kind of entrepreneurship or leadership kind of isn't encouraged anymore. Because yeah, I get you. I do, yeah. Because what's the point? And then a lot of people go, well, what's the point in building a business if it's all just going to be taken off me? Mm, I get that. Which is well. then now we get to I like get that as well. Socially. I think what I was trying to get at is we don't really fully, we can't compute how much a billion quid really is. Well, he, Jeff Bezos is apparently going to be a trillionaire soon anyway. And what's, like, what's that? And like, you can't even quantify that. Like, that's just... Well, that's, that's exactly just... what that article was trying to describe about. Well, I know, I know, but, like, the trillionaires are the new frontier, aren't they? They were there, I know, well, Bezos and who else? Probably Tim Cook. Apple will be a trillionaire, a trillion dollar company soon as well. But... You know they have they have used all of us to get to that point. So yeah, of course they have some responsibility to to give back. But I'm not saying all. Oh, it's some of them aren't. Shall we move on? It is getting a bit deep. But basically, what this started on was competition mm. and how and anti-competition. But I don't see how we can ever get out of it. That's the no. That's indeed. the big. We're in too deep. I don't no. The, I can't see a world without the big tech companies staying as major players in this world. You know, I just it, can't. Isn't it weird that, like, when you touched on earlier about um, Facebook having to explain to Congress how the internet worked, and you think yeah. to yourself, "This is," pu-, and I'll get back to that. And I didn't mean men when I said it before, because I'd like it to be women as well. That handful of people who have grasped technology and ran with it. And they've got so far ahead that the rest of us have really got no clue what they're doing. Yeah. And so it's really, we're in too deep now. We're never, ever going to get to the bottom of it. And I think that probably it's a bit like a runaway train, isn't it? And even... even there, are some, there are some more talented, younger, obviously more tech-savvy people going into office which is great i mean there's a there's a congresswoman called alexandria ocasio ocasio cortez aoc as the caller and she's always getting airwaves because she's yeah and she she spoke to zuckerberg Mm. and she was asking more she said more about to ask yeah and she was like really getting under his skin and she was saying so i could lie about a political advert and just get away with it and feed it to the right people and he was like yeah um, and she was like, well, do you think that's right? And you could really see him squirming. So we need more of these people who can, who know a bit more. I suppose it's probably getting younger people into office as well, like getting people who who know, who, who actually don't have to ask how Google works first. Yeah, because you just get to just, like, obviously, you know, with age comes experience, but it, it's not always a, a level playing field like that. And I, I always, you know, it's a bit like our business. You know, you've got, we've got me and you, you know, different ages bring different things to the table. And I do think, you know, businesses thrive when they've got a whole range of ages and experiences sitting in it. But mm-hmm. historically, Congress, Parliament, etc., they're all generally 
older people, aren't they? A bit old and a bit white and a bit male. Yeah, you know? yeah, a bit grey. Well, we'll always champion, and as I want my business grows, and if the business diversifies, I'll always champion diversity within the workplaces because it does it. It reflects back on what you put out, and it is obviously good. But mm-hmm. should we should we put a pin in that one then? We will put the pin in it, Dex. Okay. Right, the last article. Oh, no, no, no. You've put two separate things, haven't you? We've been put down. We have been going nearly an hour, though, so let's try to keep them at five minutes each, but I do want to talk about them more. So we'll go with what you've put in first, which is how the stigma of working from home is disappearing. Haven't we kind of covered this before? Yeah, and I know we keep... And and obviously great great articles, great pieces keep cropping up and... You know, I love I love reading them. The the one that I was talking about was in um was in last month's Red magazine, and uh, it was called "A Brave New Working World." And it always you, you know when you we've worked this is this is we're we're into our third year of having a remote only business, aren't we? Um, mm-hmm. And you always felt you know when when we first set it up and said that that's that's how we wanted to be because we wanted to be a lean machine we didn't want lots of outgoings going to something that really we didn't weren't really necessary uh, <laughs> us wanting the leanest business ever but it's a shame we both don't want to be a bit leaner ourselves <laughs> Oh, that's harsh, isn't it? No, it was just when we said we were like we're champion being we're champion being dead lean. Being, li- being lean, but we're not yeah. being ourselves. Hmm. I'm only joking. I've been to the gym every day this week. You have. You've been five days out of five so far, haven't you? I'm very impressed. Well, I will be going five days out of five once we finished recording this. Um, but I'm no, so done what I do to you. You've put me off. Yeah. So the stigma of. You know, that reminded me of, you know, when you're pouring something out. Did it sound like that to you? When you're pouring something out of a bottle? Oh, you're snorting. <laughs> snorting That's not attractive, is it? Percy the pig. But nobody got to see the face that went with that noise as well. But yeah, it did sound a bit like My a... face or yours? Yours. <laughs> no, that's not what you did. Anyway, come on. We said five on, minutes on. on each of these topics. So, so yeah, that obviously the fact that everybody's worked from home now had a taste of it. They realised that it's pretty good. It's a pretty good life to have a mix up, to have a bit of a mix up whereby you can work from home sometimes. You can go into the office, mixing it up, doing what you want to do, still achieving all your objectives and your goals, and just getting shit done. Basically, it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> Um, because what really used to annoy me, you know, when you say, oh, you almost must provide an address. Um, what's your landline? Oh, if you haven't got a landline, we can't submit your request. Like, get with the program. Oh, off. Oh, no. Do you know what I mean? Get with the program. Like, I'll send it on the slate that I've engraved <laughs> with the, di- with the, with the dinosaur bone. Can I a pigeon? Um, <laughs> yeah. But you just think... Hopefully, a lot of this will change now. You know, where when you're filling in online forms, it's you can't you can't complete it or you you can't be on that website because you haven't got a physical address. Um, hmm. 
Google My Business are worse for it. They need to catch up with it because there's lots and lots of businesses that are freelance and work from home. And you don't necessarily want your home address for everybody on the internet to see. But no, do you remember when I accidentally did it for hours? You did, when you were just learning. Yeah, mm. yeah. But, um, so yeah, I just thought it was interesting that it said the stigma of actually working from home. I, I just wonder why there was a stigma. Isn't it weird, the stigmas that that exist over things because we're all forced to think that we've got it's like being an entrepreneur it's like you have to work constantly you have to be at the office all the time we're all fed this bullshit lie that to be successful we all need to look awful because we're overworked and like it's a load of rubbish and the other thing as well was that working for yourself back in the day when i you know when i've obviously had a few iterations of businesses but it was always mm. like you were only successful if you were a millionaire. Like, well, I would quite like to be a millionaire. Yeah, but, but... then you know, that's not everybody's jam, is it? Like, it just no. you don't necessarily have to have a successful lifestyle business. Doesn't mean to say that you you you're a millionaire. I mean, if you have a sole trader or just a one person, you know, one person business, and they were on a hundred grand a year. Like, that would float somebody's boat, wouldn't it? Oh, God, I, yeah. I, the, but it was always that thing. I was like, oh, you've got your own business. Oh, you'll be a millionaire soon. It's like, not I just think maybe, maybe we're in a world now where what success means to somebody. We've all, we've all probably thought what success means to me differently. Mm. But now it's, a, it's about striving to what? to what is success for you and actually being open and honest and saying, you know what, me working at home three days a week and earning a fair living from it, that's success to me, that's fine. And then maybe we can try and champion the people more that that are doing that. We don't have to, we don't need to be like, you know, we don't have to be, go to these motivational speakers and they're only a motivational speaker because they've earned millions in their life, like, and the no. same token, you don't have to have a massive swanky office to show to people that you've got a successful business. The bottom line is, you know, your pro- your profit, mm. the profit that a business makes, you know, the customer service that you that you give. All of those things are are all important to a business and what makes you successful. And I think what's come out of this is that being able to identify what drives you, what makes you happy, and your well-being and and not to have all the different stresses that you know traditionally people acknowledge as part of being an entrepreneur it can be whatever you want it to be that's that's what I actually love about this point in history you know that people have the potential to be whatever they want to be whatever that looks like for them as an individual and I think there's never there's never been more of a time to embrace that and I love it I absolutely Mm. love it and I think that's what we're yeah. trying to achieve, isn't it? That balance of what makes us tick and what makes us what what we identify as a business, what makes us happy, and and what we see success as. And that, but that pivots as well, doesn't it? You know, what makes you happy and what you feel is making you successful one month can change the next month. And we've we've been through that, haven't we? In stages of how you, how you your work life balance can alter. Uh. And that's one of them. Yeah. And I know we keep talking about it, but I do obviously think it's an important ingredient of life at the minute. It's not. Well, this podcast does have a theme, doesn't it? It does have a theme. It does have a theme. We talk about well being, success, 
um yeah i think it does have a theme and just while we're talking about a theme we we um we're gonna have a chat we're gonna have a meeting next week with another family business aren't we um we're keen to have hook up with family businesses and to see how how they roll to see if they like us because obviously we've got to remember we were the co-founders of the business but there's no longer just us uh-huh. uh, but you know at the very very beginning there was just me and you so that's i guess the theme of this podcast and what other family businesses look like as well whether they're all as mad as us Oh, I'm sure there will be. Do you? Do you remember when he used to mm-hmm. say as a kid, I wonder if everybody else is like us? <laughs> oh, well, no, there were certain things that I don't think, I think our family were particularly quite a good at, let's just say, oh. being a bit chaotic sometimes. But anyway, we're moving on. I love the way Okay, so. Pardon? I said, I love the way you know how to cut me short. That's how. Oh, we've just been going an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, month. it's quite long again. So I think yeah. we should. I, I'm. I think my mouth's drying up. <laughs> You've been. Are we done then? Is that us done? Yeah. Okay, so we were going to talk about another couple of things, but we decided that we've been rabbiting on too long. Maybe I think we should generally do this every week, but it's just trying to fit it in. Is this being recorded now when we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It in? yeah. All right. I never, I, you, I, I feel like you're always trying to catch yeah, 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 yeah. At the beginning, at the end, I'm like thinking, is he actually recording now? Is he trying to catch me out? But yeah, we, we again, we say we're going to do them every week and then we get busy, don't we? Uh huh. So every two weeks or three for now, people can cope with that. Can they cope with us, Declan? Of course they can. Course they right. Can. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's In The Jeans podcast. You can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Declan E. Williams and you are at... Before end. Dead. I was going to say... Have, you... <laughs> have I changed it again? <laughs> Before end. You were so confident Before there. end it. Before end. Yeah, because it has had a few iterations. <laughs> Silence. I, don't, that's I, I just could see the way that you were looking at me there. I was like, I, I, I was like, before end it. <laughs> you can also follow our business at the Digital Gene across all social. Please like, you. share, and write a review for this podcast. And if you're shouting about us on social, use the hashtag. It's in the yeah, Gene. Please write some reviews because it makes a massive, massive difference. <laughs> I just want to read. I'd say back the back word back review back and then you. I love getting my bits in. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh God! That's disgusting. No, it's not disgusting. It's just, it's just not very classy. <laughs> Stop talking. Got my bits in the podcast. <laughs> oh my oh, God, Declan! You're a no, snort. no, that really made me laugh. What you did there—that was really funny. Right, bye everybody. Bye, bye Bye. everyone. Thank you. Thank you.